Yeah, great. Well, as you gathered from the video, today we're going to focus on this idea that everybody is of equal worth. And uh, this is a, a game-changing value that we believe came about because of Jesus. You know, when I was in grade four at school, I had a teacher, her name was Mrs Sheehan. And uh, Mrs Sheehan actually happened to be related to Paul Sheehan. It was her son. He was a cricketer who played for Victoria in Australia. So I used to think Mrs Sheehan was pretty good. But she was really old school. She was probably about ready to retire. Uh, but she taught us things rote often. And she used to give us these little tests. And uh, we'd have tables tests every morning. She'd re- rattle off about 10 tables. And you'd, as quick as she could say them, you had to write down the answers. And we'd have spelling tests and she'd actually sometimes by the end of the week you'd had these words during the week she wouldn't even tell you the words you just have to write them down from memory she didn't read them out so you could spell them she, you had to write them down anyway she liked us to memorize things uh, by hand you know off, off by heart and uh, occasionally we had to do little talks and this is grade four and I can still remember doing a talk about Abraham Lincoln and uh, sadly, Abraham Lincoln was born in Kentucky in 1809. His parents were very poor in the large Lincoln family. And it goes on and on. <laughs> After all these years. And uh, I just wish sometimes that I could free up some of that space. <laughs> for more useful things like my computer password and things like that. <laughs> but along with that talk, I got quite interested in Abraham Lincoln. And... Uh, Abraham Lincoln, as you'll see from one of these pictures here, this idea that all people are equal worth, Abraham Lincoln actually gave an address called Lincoln's Gettysburg Address in 1863 during the American Civil War. And I learned that off by heart as well. It's a good party trick. And uh, (laughs) four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we're engaged in the Great Civil War, testing whether that nation or any nation... No, I won't go on. At a particularly troubled time (laughs) in US history, he was harking back to uh, four score and seven years, 87 years before, in 1776, when Thomas Jefferson and others... Um, wrote this thing called the Declaration of Independence. And the Declaration of Independence had in it that incredibly uh, well-known, perhaps one of the most most well-known sentences in the English language, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. This idea that all people are of equal value and worth became the foundation for uh, modern democracies like the United States of America and Australia. But at a, at a more local level, I reckon if you went to a large gathering of people, uh, say in a shopping centre or at a, at a sports uh, event or something like that, and you ask people randomly if they believe that everybody is of equal value and worth, I think you'd find very, pe- very few people who would strongly disagree with you on that. I uh, actually attended the, the 40th anniversary of my uh, university year, uh, graduation year, on Friday night. 40 years. It was quite an interesting event. There was 40 people there out of probably a potential 300, seven of us mechanical engineers, and believe it or not, I still remember these guys, and they remembered me. But we had a good time. But uh, I sat next to 
the head of the School of Electrical, Mechanical and Infrastructure Engineering at Melbourne University. So I was really punching above my weight as far as engineering was concerned because he was uh, way out there. But a really nice guy. He'd been uh, imported from Michigan in the USA and he'd been invited along to this event to actually give a little speech after the main course. That was the only formality. And uh, it just intrigued me as he was speaking... Uh, he gave this presentation and then he fielded questions from the, the audience and he was asked about the, the current imbalance in the engineering faculty of Melbourne University that um, only 40, 42% of the students are uh, Australian and 58% are from overseas. And uh, his response was an interesting one but it again affirmed this idea of equal value and worth that whether a student was from Bourne or Beijing from Montmorency or Mumbai, that he said it in these words, the university's responsibility was to treat each student equally and give every individual the best possible chance of success. And it's a value that they hold uh, within the faculty. And as we've said already, it's also a foundational value of most Western liberal democracies. And it's the basis for our democratic system of government. But I think what very few people in, in Western nations ever consider is the origin of this idea and why do we believe that all people are created equal. There's just two things I want to say before we go on, um, really qualifying statements about equality because I think it's important to, to say these things. First of all, while we say we believe all people are equal... Our society seldom treats all people equally. It's an ideal we aim for, but mostly we fail to live it out either personally uh, or as a community. And if you search your own heart, you can, uh, I, I think, realise that we don't always treat uh, others equally. I remember as a, a student at school, and I was intrigued to find that they still study this book at school, a book called Animal Farm. Who's read this book, Animal Farm? There are lots of us. And uh, I studied it in my day, and that was a long time ago, and I believe they're still studying it today. It's uh, an allegory by George Orwell. And uh, it was about the events leading up to the, the Russian Revolution in 1917 and beyond. Uh, but it's, it's uh, animals on a farm who revolt, and they get rid of their human uh, owners. And... They, they were oppressive and they, they got rid of them and they set up this farm as a community based around the seven commandments of animalism and uh, the last of these seven commandments is and it's the most important one all animals are equal and things went really well for a while but as time passed things degenerated and to the point that the overriding mantra became all animals are equal but some are more equal than others and uh, I think you probably remember that from if you've read the book. See, equality was an ideal, but they failed to, to live it out. And so have we failed in our, our Western democracies. And if you think, look at the United States, you take the historic racial inequality issue there, or even the fact that in Australia, Indigenous Australians weren't even counted in the population until, I think, a referendum in 1967. And so while it's true that we fail to hold this value, um, that all people are of equal worth, that doesn't in any way mean that we, we don't have an underlying assumption that it's a value that we ought to hold. Um, and I think, for an example, in 1967, when they did have that referendum, 90% uh, of people in Australia voted that uh, Indigenous people should be counted. And so there was this widespread belief that, yes, people should be seen as equal. The second uh, little qualifier is that 
while all people are equal, uh, not, that doesn't mean that all ideas are equal. And I think this is pretty obvious, but everyone has equal value, but the, the values and ideas that people espouse are not equal. Um, it's not hard to think of some abhorrent ideas that people have sought to implement over the centuries. And we don't have to look too far back to think of the ethnic cleansing and purging of whole communities undertaken by Hitler or by Pol Pot or even the, the uh, recent uh, things in Myanmar against the Rohingya minorities. And so in communities where we hold to people being equal, something like purging a society of a whole ethnic group is abhorrent to us and it's appalling. And those who, who push these actions, we have to say that they're of equal value as anyone else, but that doesn't mean that we give their ideas equal value. Okay. You might say, well, haven't we always believed that all people are equal? Well, no. Um, I think the reality is we haven't always believed that, and historically that's not been the case. And if you, you just have to go back to the Greco-Roman world to, uh, to see this. It was a world of structural inequality. And at the time of Jesus in the, the Greco-Roman world, they didn't believe people were equal worth, worth at all. If you read uh, Greek histo- uh, uh, philosophers like Aristotle and, and Plato, who I don't read, um, <laughs> but if you read them, uh, <laughs> you would probably get quite confused and uh, it's a little bit hard to really get what they're saying about equality, but it would appear pretty clear that Aristotle uh, believed that society was uh, unequal structurally and that there was a subclass, a subclass of slaves. And uh, he he described them as living tools in his book um, called Politics. And he wrote, Indeed, the use made of slaves and of tame animals is not very different, for both, with their bodies, minister to the needs of life. So that was an attitude to to a slave, a a human being, uh, that they were just like an animal. They were useful, uh, but they were seen as much lesser. And so it was into this world of of inequality, structural inequality, that Jesus taught. And Jesus treated people with equal dignity and worth. Now, as you saw in the video, around the world today, there there are still communities that exist with incredible structural inequality. Many of us have visited India. One of the gentlemen you saw on there was Jossie Chacko. Some of us, uh, Ian and others, have been to India with Jossie's organisation. But he described something of the caste system. And uh, if you follow the logical conclusions of Hindu teaching, uh, the outcome is going to be structural inequality because you believe in two key ideas. One is reincarnation, that every soul returns again and again and again. And the other is this idea of karma, that your behaviour in each life impacts your, your place in the next life. And so the upper caste uh, Brahmins, who are on a little diagram like this, um, they, they see that their position is, is quite okay. They feel justified in the privilege that they have in that position uh, because it reflects their past life. They, they obviously sort of earned it in their past life. And so it's a culture where inequality is institutionalised or has been as part of a religious philosophy. And so the question is, why did Jesus and the early church treat people as equal and where did that idea spring from? Well, I think you probably got it from the video a little bit that this is an Old Testament concept, uh, a concept that was foundational to the Jewish faith and that is this idea that we are created in the image of God. 
in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, it says this, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. All humanity has the stamp of God. Every person has the stamp of God on them. And the whole of the Bible echoes this idea, you are of worth because you were created by God and you reflect the very image of God. And so this is really powerful. This means that whether you're a a powerful, brilliant person, a wealthy person, or a poor person, or a disabled person, or a person who feels that you're unable to contribute to society in certain ways, regardless of your position, you are of equal worth. And it's a truth that followers of Jesus believe and they hold on to. And it comes from that first original idea in the Bible that each one of us is made in the image of God. We bear the stamp of God, the Creator. The writer in Psalm 139 expands on this he says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place when i was woven together in the depths of the earth your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be magnificent description of how uh, god loves his creation and how his creation has been made fearfully and wonderfully and uh, reflects the stamp of God. Now when Jesus was on this earth, he, he taught and he treated people as if they were equal. And as we've mentioned, he existed, he lived in a time when they believed in, in structural inequality and Jesus taught Equality, And the story that uh, Carl Fays recounted beautifully on the video is this story, the parable of the lost sheep. What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you he's happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. You see, the shepherd leaves the 99 sheep and goes after the one that's lost. A a very, very powerful little story that demonstrates the fact that everyone, everyone matters. As you go through the New Testament, one of the early Christian writers who had great influence was Paul and Paul writing to the churches in Galatia reminds the followers of Jesus that in Christ all the old barriers, all the old classes have been broken down and destroyed they're all now equal and he draws on on three of the the structural inequalities of the Greco-Roman world to make his point and he reminds his readers that this is now changed for followers of Jesus and this is what he says There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
very, very powerful words. Christianity has been foundational to the idea of equality and as scholars have looked over the development of human history and the importance of the individual, they've found that the teaching of Jesus and the Christian church have been foundational to this whole idea of equality, the way we view people. A recent book by a a guy by the name of Larry Seidentop, um, he was an Oxford scholar, and he, his, books, his book looks at the development in the significance of the individual in Western democracies. And he says this, Christianity changed the ground of human identity by emphasising the moral equality of humans. Quite apart from any social roles they might occupy, Christianity changed the name of the game. Social rules became secondary. They followed and in a crucial sense had to be understood as subordinate to a God-given human identity, something all humans share equally. What's the message this morning? The message this morning is that everyone matters equally. In a Western world where wealth and power and social standing and prominence uh, lift some people above the pack, leaving many people feeling insignificant and irrelevant, we all need to hear this message loud and clear. And we need to live this message by our attitudes and by our actions. Everyone matters. Everyone matters equally. Not because of what you've achieved or who you know or your number of Facebook or Instagram followers, although we're going to get a few more of those. Um, Christianity doesn't teach that you matter because of how you perform. You matter because God created you and he loves you. And that's an incredibly powerful truth. You know, John, one of the early disciples, wrote, this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. The band are going to come and they're going to sing a magnificent song to us in a moment. Um, And the message of the song is that God loves you. God loves you in an overwhelming way. He wants you to know that you matter, that you're important, that you're loved equally and nothing that you can do can change that. I wonder if you're sitting here today and you don't know too much about God's love or God's love may seem unfathomable to you. Maybe you feel you don't deserve it. Maybe you don't feel good enough to receive it. Maybe you feel, you've always felt that you have to earn it. Perhaps you wrestle with low self-esteem and you see yourself as lesser then God sees you. Maybe you see yourself as insignificant in the scheme of things. Maybe you feel lost like that one sheep who's strayed away from the 99. Can I challenge you this morning? I'd love you to be able to see yourself as God sees you. And I'd love you to be able to see others as God sees them. Jesus reached out to the lowest of the low, to the untouchables of his day. He touched lepers. Because he saw those people as stamped in the image of their creator, all equal in God's sight, all precious, all needing a shepherd. It's a powerful value, this value that came from Jesus, came from from early Jewish uh, teaching and then Jesus lived and expanded on this value that everyone is of equal worth. It's a value that's changed the world. And it will change your life as you begin to see yourself and others as God sees you. Maybe you've felt lost. 
Maybe you've wandered away from Jesus, the good shepherd. He's looking for you. And he'll rejoice when you come back to him, when he finds you. Because when he finds you, that's when you're home. That's when you're home. Listen to this song. It says some amazing things about the love of God, a God who loves each one of us equally.